sisters, join the resistance. Come on, let's start by talking tactics. Have a pass and match us. Here's how we practice. The last order conversation. David Jason. Hey, everybody, welcome to Pop Culture Continuum. This is John Elliott. And this is Patrick McCarty. And this week we're doing. Oh, we're doing the go-betweens versus Taylor Swift versus Ryan Adams. And specifically go-betweens uh, 18 Ocean Lane. No, 16 Lovers Lane. Lane. <clears throat> yeah. Versus, versus Ocean Lane. Versus 1989 by Taylor Swift and Ryan Adams. So we'll start with. It wasn't a duet. No. Thank God, actually. Um, we'll start. We're going to start with the. Go Between's album from 1988. Oh, wait, we have a, but we have a new sponsor first, Pat. You, did you know? I didn't tell you. We got a uh, Chipotle. No, I yeah. hope I get some of the cash. They're doing, they're doing, you know, everybody's doing Chipotle now. I don't know why they feel the need to advertise on podcasts <clears throat> since they're like the Starbucks of chain Mexican restaurants, but Chipotle. <clears throat> Do you find authentic Mexican food too ethnic? Do you wish you could get a burrito in a bowl instead of a instead of a uh, uh, an annoying tortilla? Do you wish you could go to an ostensibly Mexican restaurant and not have the opportunity of ordering a crispy tostada? Chipotle, the white people's Mexican food. I should have uh, actually planned that better i just found it funny that <laughs> chipotle uh is advertising on podcasts like every other every other service i hear on podcasts i'm like yeah they should advertise on podcasts because i don't know what they are but uh chipotle is just weird like i can't i'm really gonna get bummed if like mcdonald's and bmw and shit start advertising on these <laughs> podcasts and I, these I, people i like are gonna have to read chipotle. that shit yeah. When you're when you're not in California, Chipotle is not bad Mexican food. That's true. Yeah. In defense of Chipotle. It's it's not bad yeah, well, food. The, let's the, let's keep Mexican out of it. But yeah, yeah let, it's, that's that's yeah, it's not it's not bad fast food is the best way to put it. I it's 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 a really weird restaurant that it serves it, it's they talk about a cultural appropriation of, of food and I think when you look at Chipotle you really see it because there is no and I, this is both a good thing and a bad thing. There is no reference to where the food comes from, like the culture that the food comes from. It's just a straight, a straight fast food restaurant. There's, they don't. It's not like Taco Bell, is what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. It's which is kind of weird in a way, but it's also. But in the good things about Chipotle is that they are at least pretend to be like good for the environment and, and where they they source their materials and that kind of thing. So. It's not as bad as McDonald's. No, definitely not. But yeah, it, it is true. But like, in, and I don't even know why they have them in California. I guess is is my thing. Yeah, it's it, uh, and also I don't also don't understand why they would advertise on a podcast. Yeah, it's so weird. But I don't know if you take a look at Chipotle stock, man. Jesus, it's like it's like Apple. Wish I would have invested in that back in the day. Anyway. But there's also uh, there's 
podcasts that are have nothing to do with sports are advertising for DraftKings. DraftKings, yeah, yeah, I know. Uh, well, and basically legalized gambling, right? Well, and which I don't have a problem with, but I don't either. But I don't understand why they, this one a small subset of gambling gets legalized and everything else is like you can't do poker online. Oh, you can't. No, that got. Oh yeah, the, I remember that got shut down. Yeah. Around the same time that this was called legal, the fantasy fantasy sports was called legal, and then the the, the people who run uh, gambling sites saw the loophole that they can create daily fantasy sports, which are much more of a gambling subset because they wanted to make fantasy. The leagues wanted to make fantasy. You don't care, so we can move on. No, I I just yeah, I don't even. Obviously, I have no idea how that shit even works. Like I don't. You just. I don't know how it works. You pick players. Right. Yeah, you pick players. I got that much. They're they're given each player is given a a salary, so you have a limited salary to create a team, and you're going against other people, and whoever has the most points at the end of the day wins. But how do you get points? Like, is what they do in the games? So if oh, so it's based on actual games that are being played. Correct. So every day, like for football, it's once a week, and they have it during baseball and basketball season as well. So that is, you could literally play every day with, with those sports. So, but it's 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 a gambling thing. It's not really a skill thing or anything like that. Right. No, it's totally. But so, like, here's my question on it. All right, say I'm doing a football one, mm-hmm. and I pick like all the lowest paid players, right, who probably never even get onto the field, <clears throat> just so I can have. Uh, a a team. Uh, I you know whatever I don't. It, I I assume it would be an odds thing. Like you you pick the lowest paid dudes, well, and that's then you what, have better odds, right? When you're playing, you're 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 looking for the the players that other people don't pick that will score well. That will score. So, so but those players actually have to be in the game. Correct. Yeah. Okay. Got it. But it's like their salary has nothing to do with. It's just you get a set like you get sixty thousand dollars for a week. And you pay five dollars to play or whatever. The salary doesn't have anything to do with how much money you put in. Got it. So, no, no, I understand that. But then, but then, so everybody's going to be picking like the the best uh, runners and catchers and whatever, right? Best right, quarterback. But, so the the difficult part comes in in finding the values because the, they set the salaries at the beginning of the week, and if the people who know what they're doing can say, well, this guy's underpaid, so he'll make more per dollar. So you're trying to pick everybody who's going to get points, the most points based on how much you're paying. So you get like a, an overall score that's high. Right. So like <clears throat> the if you're lucky, like you pick a, a second string quarterback and the quarterback gets injured during the game and then this guy does well. Right. You're, right. Okay. So that, yeah, that's, that's not my thing. Like I, I can't pay that much attention to fucking stats and shit. <laughs> you know, I, and they, they've done a, a couple, studies that most of the people who win are doing it like every day that's their full-time job and also there's some there's there has recently come out that one company's executives have been playing in the other companies uh, yeah you saw that okay. i read about that yeah it's all kind of an incestuous i can't believe that they they let that happen because it, it was clearly when you have that kind of thing going on you're going to get regulated so they pretty much open themselves up to regulation which is i was going to say well well, you know, legislation is so far behind technology nowadays that they were probably like, "Ah, eh, fuck it." I guess. I guess they made their their money, and the, but they could have k- 
kept a good thing going, but they're idiots, so right. whatever. Anyway, this is relates to go-betweens in that uh, most Australians hate the NFL. Yeah, I think so. They hate the way we call it football. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> go-betweens banned, uh, put together by Robert Forster and Grant McLennan. And, oh, this is going to sound terrible because I just forgot the drummer's name. Lindsay, shit. Anyway, in uh, around 78... 1978, that is, and uh, and continued going till until this album. Um, so what happened to them? After, I mean, they were gone for a long time, and then they came back. What happened? Yeah, well, for, the way I understand it um, is that Gr- uh, Grant McLennan and Robert Forrester were both dating the two women in the band, and they oh. all kind of broke up. And so that was the end of that. And they came back in 2000 with, it was just Robert Forster and Grant McLennan and, and, uh, they got a new band backing band behind them. That's funny so. that they, they broke up the same exact time. Yeah. Or around that time. I mean, who knows? <laughs> uh, I know I'm not really even, I mean, that was just, it was really hard to get information on them at that time, you know, mm-hmm. 1988. So, uh, that was what I heard. Lindy Morrison was the drummer. And then, uh, Robert Vickers was, came on bass a little later, and then Amanda Brown was the one uh, Grant McLennan was dating. She was on violin and vocals, oboe, guitar. Anyway, um, a lot of go-betweens fans consider this album too commercial-sounding, which I think is kind of ridiculous. But, I mean, I get it. It's very, like, polished 80s-sounding in a way, but it's not like... It's not like it was Starship or something. <laughs> I, I think it's a little, like, even now, people who are into, like, indie music and whatever in the 80s, a lot of them were never into the go-betweens. I think it's still, even this album, like, it's got hooks and stuff, but it's still a little too subtle overall, mm-hmm. I think, for American tastes anyway. Um, I don't know, what was your what was your take on the album? Uh I forget when I first heard it. It was a while ago. So this take was different. I, I like it a lot. The The first song that we're going to talk about, A Love Goes On, is just one of my favorite songs of all time. Like anytime I put together a long cut, like a mix for a drive or something, this is, goes the, on there somewhere. It's just a, a wonderful song. So it, it's I, know, I like it. I don't know what else to say. Yeah, I know. It, it's going to be tough to talk about this. Not quite as interesting as comparing Taylor Swift to Ryan Adams. But uh, yeah, no, I I love this song too. I know this always goes on my mixes, so let's just play it for people. Here is Love Goes On from 16 Lovers Lane. There's a cat in my alleyway Dreaming of birds that are blue Sometimes go when I'm lonely This is how I think about you There are times that I want you I want you so much I could bust I know a thing about lovers Lovers lie down in trust Love goes on Next door got their problems They got things they can't name 
don't feel any shame Late at night when the light's down low The candle burns to the end I know a thing about darkness Darkness ain't my friend Love goes on All right. Yeah, uh, I know. I they, they had what? an album that came out, not the first one after they were gone, but the second one that I think I got from you. I, I, what's the name of Bright it? Yellow, uh, Bright Orange. Yeah, and I that is I think I like that best of everything I've heard by them. It's such a great album. Oh, really? Yeah, I really like it. Yeah, this one's my favorite. I I remember listening to it all like after I graduated high school. Um, it's just in my car and the tape deck all the time for like a year. Um, so this one, yeah, this one's definitely my favorite. Uh, their earlier stuff is more, I don't know, post-punk influenced, I guess. But it's still, not, I mean, it's still subtle. <laughs> so, um, yeah, yeah, I know. It's going to be really tough to talk about this album. We'll have to start talking more about uh sports and stuff oh, i know sports I, betting. well it's hard not to go back to your favorite topic yeah um but yeah i really like the. i mean i think were they pretty big in australia yeah i think they were big in australia fairly big anyway at least in brisbane where they came from yeah i think they were bigger in australia and in london and they were always just a cult act here even when they got back together like I think more people knew of them at that point, mm-hmm. just from critics and stuff. But uh, but yeah, I, we saw them on their last tour uh, before Grant McLennan died, obviously, and uh, and we saw them at at Slim's here in San Francisco, which is a you know it's a somewhat small venue. Unrelated to that, did you that there there's a new venue that opened in Philadelphia, and it's called the Fillmore East. What I thought? Oh, I thought Fillmore East was in New York originally. Oh, maybe it's not the Fillmore East. Maybe it's just a Fillmore Philadelphia. It's a stupid. Well, no, I I don't know if the, I think the Fillmore East is gone from New York now too. Oh um, uh, no, but it's called the Fillmore Philadelphia. I looked it up. Oh, it's just why why? <laughs> it's branding, man. So I guess the Fillmore is owned by some. Like maybe it's owned by oh, what's that? Live Nation the San Francisco Fillmore and they just decided it's a, it's a famous brand and they wanted to open in other places. I don't know. Is it owned by live nation? Holy shit. I, I, I'm pretty sure the Fillmore Philadelphia is owned by live nation unless they're just paying the Fillmore in San Francisco money to, cause there's no way they can use the name. I guess there is. It's just a name. Yeah. Anyway, it's so irritating, but apparently it's a nice place to see a show. It just opened up this like they're and they're, you know, to, to, to stay with the kind of yeah, it is a Live Nation club. Uh, to stay with the kind of thing that any Fillmore would have the opening. The, oh man, there's there's lots of Fillmores. There's Fillmore Charlotte, Fillmore Detroit, Fillmore Miami Beach, Fillmore Silver Spring. But the Which original. Make, here's the thing about. Here's why it's weird that there are Fillmores because it's called the Fillmore here because it's on Fillmore. <laughs> in san francisco so it doesn't really make sense to have it in other 
Oh, so like when I look up the Fillmore, it's like this article is about the pre-1968 San Francisco music venue. For the post-1968 successor venue, see Fillmore West. All right. Uh, but anyway, to op- to to open up the the new Fillmore in Philly, they're opening Aquas Hall notes. Oh. And did you did you go? No, no, I <laughs> I'm not a part of the group that likes Hall notes that I know you're a part of. <laughs> I don't get even it. though they're from Philly. This is this is so weird. Like this Fillmore shit is a uh, like Fillmore West. It closed in seventy one. So what is the one that's here now? Why is there no you weirdos? Anyway, yeah, I don't know. Well, I don't know if it's owned by Live Nation here. It seems weird. I know Bill Graham like started it. I think. Well, I would accept these Fillmore's in other cities if they're giving out po- awesome posters, but I'm going to have to say they probably don't. Yeah, I know. I get. I would guess not either. Um, yeah, well, it, Slim's is smaller than the Fillmore. You, you've been to the Fillmore here. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, that's the level they were at at their biggest, I guess. But, I don't know. It's kind of nice that, uh, I don't know. It's one of those things where you wish, you know, you wish the band had gotten bigger for their sake, but then it's also nice to be able to see them just with people who, a small crowd who really likes them. So have you read, uh, apparently the other guy, Robert Forster, is a, is a music writer. Have you read any of his writing? I didn't know. Um, I know he wrote, like, they put out a vinyl box set, mm-hmm. and they're going to do two more, and I think he wrote, um, like, the booklet for that. Um, but I haven't read much of what he's written. He still records too. So, um, and I, for the longest time, I had I couldn't tell him and Grant McLennan apart. But I think Grant McLennan's more—I uh, don't know—more. He's does the more kind of emotional songs, and Robert Forster does the more kind of intellectual songs. That's one way to to you know differentiate him, I guess. I was about to say, I, I don't know who's who on, yeah. on their music, and I definitely don't know who writes what. It doesn't matter. They they blend together well, so. Yeah, yeah, they, they definitely do. I haven't heard either solo stuff, so I can't compare it. There's some, Grant McLennan, well, they both have some good solo stuff. Um, Robert Forster covered uh, uh, 2541, that Grant Hart song, on one of his A albums. great Grant Hart song. Yeah, which Marshall Crenshaw also also covered, which is yeah, it's all a little weird, but uh, but yeah, they're they're both good, and you know Robert Forster is still going, obviously. Grant McLennan is dead. Um, R.I.P. R.I.P. He was not killed in nine eleven. Nope, nine twelve. Yep. He was one of the first responders. Yep. Him and his dog, Rudy. Rudy made it out. Um, I know, there, there's really not a lot to say, except I just think this is a great album, and uh, more people should go buy it. But, next song, well, uh, this was your choice, too. One of your choices. Uh, streets of Your Town. Yeah, Streets of Your Town. And uh, I think there's another another go-between song that this reminds me of that I like it. I think it reminds me a little bit of Cat, Cattle and Cain. Cattle and Cain, Where yeah. it's kind of like, mm-hmm, 
kind of has a like a kind of call and response nature of the song. Anyway, I like it. <laughs> Again, I don't have a lot to say. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's, it's pretty. It is pretty. But then that's the thing about them too. Like, it might sound like kind of like easy listening ish music, but then you the notice they have the line about like battered wives and yeah, which rhymes with butcher like sharpening his knives or whatever. Um, yeah. So I, I think there was also a lot more going on in lyrically in their stuff. If you pay attention to it, um, that added some depth. Yeah, I know it, this, I guess this is mostly going to be an episode about 1989. So let's, uh, let's play streets of your town. Here you go. song from this one that i picked clouds uh for no good reason except i like it's a it nice song yeah, yeah. It's, <laughs> it's kind of melancholy but then um and i don't really know what like it's one of those ones where i don't really know what it's about but you kind of know what it's about so I don't let know. me just read it a little bit from wikipedia but a, 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 a review from spin and I, I think this is why I don't read music reviews because they don't. This tell is a me spin anything. review of this album. Yeah. Okay. Whooping cranes, great grang- gangling creatures capable of heights of gracefulness when in flight and passionate spasms when in heat. That's uh, a bit of a sentence from the review. What does Evelyn that have to Donald. do with anything? <laughs> That's just so. a writer masturbating. Similarly, the go-betweens infuse portentous poetry into giddy pop structures, then throw the uncertain songs into the air, whispering fly or fuck. Yeah. No, I don't think that's what they're whispering. No. (laughs) I don't think they ever whisper. (laughs) I don't think, I especially don't think they ever whisper fly or fuck. I don't even know what that means. Um, Yeah, that's pretty stupid. Uh, Yeah, Clouds... I don't know. You guys can work it out for yourself here. I'm just going to play it. Here's Clouds.
like those you will like the rest of the album because it's more the same all good yeah it's all but really i i think love goes on is the best song and it, it it's just it starts off that way so it's like you're happy all the way through yeah even on the sadder stuff i know i yeah. mean there's like dive for your memory is a great it's all actually every song on it is at least good i would mm-hmm. say so so go out and get it all right how are we gonna fill up some time here have you been watching? Uh, oh, we finished. Uh, we finished. God damn it! Playing house. Oh yeah. Cliffhanger. Great, great second season. What was the cliffhanger? I don't know. Uh, uh, Key was on waiting oh. there on her porch. Right, right. Yeah. Great second season. I think the second season might have been better than the first, which is surprising because the first had the. I mean, the second season had the kid there, and sometimes that kind of slows things down, but it really didn't. Yeah, no, they didn't put... put that kid didn't pull focus too much, I don't think. Uh, and that guy that plays the rabbi, whose name I never remember, is has been in so many sitcoms, and he's always really good, but when he's a star of stuff, it, it never works out for him. Yeah, he's one of those guys like I recognize, but I, can't, I couldn't even name what he was in, actually. But I've seen him he in was, a ton of things. Yeah, I, I mean, he was in one of those that year where a bunch of shows came out where it's a, it's two or three couples. He was one of the... Yeah, like uh, the green light year. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then he was he he was in a, like he was an episode of The Office, and I'm sure he was in an episode of Parks and Rec. He played love interest in Brooklyn Nine-Nine. But yeah, so yeah. Oh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine's good this year. Although mm-hmm. it, it's like another one of those things, just like they did with Parks and Rec in that last season where you're like, all right, man, Ron and uh, and Leslie just get back together. You're like, all right, Captain Holt, just come back. I mean, <laughs> it's funny that they have Dennis in there. Yeah, that's I, I, that first episode when he. I'm looking forward to how that works out, but I I guess I, I agree with you, but I want to see what happens with him in PR and what, how that works out. It's already worked out pretty funnily, so I'm not as anxious about it as you were about Ron and Leslie in that last season of Parks and Rec where they were in a fight. And I agree with you. It was kind of annoying because the part of the greatness of their relationship is how they interact. I don't think this is as bad. No, but I, I also don't think that this can go the whole season with him working in PR or it's, okay. it's going to get, it's going to get on my nerves. I mean, okay. I'll still, I, you know, I'll like it, but I don't know. I hope they don't try to sustain it for the whole season. That's all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh well. Look. There's a a new show on Amazon that they had an ad for it on Facebook that I would never have watched it, but 
I just wanted to see the ad, and the ad was the was the whole episode. So I watched like five or ten minutes of it, and it looks like it might be pretty good. But I can't remember the name, so this is really helpful. But uh, it's about this kid that becomes a tennis pro at a at a like a really fancy golf club. Did you have you seen anything about this? It's weird that he becomes a tennis pro at a golf club. Well, they have tennis courts at golf clubs. Dude, country club. Oh, country, country club. club. Okay. No, I don't know anything about it. It has a bunch of like uh, actors you've heard of. It like the the main guy or the main guy's father is the uh, the guy that was from the best friend in that Paul Mad About You, the Paul Reiser show, and Paul Reiser's also in it. Wait, the best friend? You mean uh, the dude? Who no, was no, in... not the not the best friend. The the big fat guy who's Richard annoying. Kind. Yes. Yeah. Red he... Oaks. Is the, Red Oaks is the name of the show. Oh, Red Oaks. Nope, no clue. Yeah, I'll check it out. I haven't watched it, so I can't guarantee it's good, but it looks like it might be. Have you seen any of the Project Greenlight? No. I've never seen an episode, but I kind of want to see it because I keep reading about it. Um, Isn't that the show that uh, Matt Damon was just racist on? Yeah, that's why I wanted to see. I I couldn't. I didn't know if it was racist or misogynist. Yeah, I couldn't tell. Oh, maybe you're right. I just know he got in trouble for it, which is kind of surprising because he's he's so inoffensive. And actually, he's I don't know if inoffensive is the right is the right word, but he usually doesn't get in trouble like that. So I was a little surprised to read that. Yeah, uh, but you know that might just be hype for the show mm-hmm. as well. Who yeah, knows? yeah. Um, did you see the new Coen Brothers trailer? Oh, it looks good. It looks really fucking good. It looks it looks like. Early Coen Brothers good. So yeah. I'm really excited about that. And that comes out next year, I guess. Yeah, I, I can't wait to see that one. Um, I don't nothing coming out, like, movie-wise that I've heard of that I really want to see. But I'm looking forward to seeing The Martian. Yeah. Eh, you know, I, I mean, that's one I'll probably catch on TV or, you know, streaming or whatever. But This should be a time where good stuff comes out. Yeah, it's, that's what I was thinking. But I haven't heard of much. That's Sicario. That looks good. Oh yeah, that's supposed to be pretty good. Although I heard, uh, wait, who's the who's the lead in that? The woman? Emily Blunt. Yeah, Emily Blunt. I heard she's just kind of like, again, like a help me men type character or something. I don't know. I haven't really. Seen it, that's but... shocking because she's so good not being that. Yeah, but I don't know. That's just like something I've heard here and there. But yeah, I kind of want to see that too. Uh, what else is there? There's, I thought something. Oh, Steve Jobs movie. Yeah, you go either way. Yeah, yeah. But I, I mean, I like that it's Danny Boyle, and Danny Boyle does. I think his career is is so interesting. The different different things he's done. Yeah, yeah. I'm just. I mean, at some point he has to do it like an action movie because he's pretty he's much done, done everything, everything else. He's like he's like Mad Max, dude. Yeah. 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 Um, I still haven't seen. Oh, Freehead looked like it might be good, but maybe it's too preachy who knows it looks like it, it's probably preachy i don't know i never trust hollywood with issues movies but, but it was kind of independent so or maybe i'm wrong about that i thought maybe it was yeah i mean i it could be although you know how independent is it with julianne moore and uh, yeah ellen page so yeah. It, yeah it's hard it's probably like a fox searchlight or you know warner classics or whatever or warner independent whatever they call their but yeah I don't know. Who knows? And, and uh, Pawn Sacrifice, I, I like the idea that that Bobby Fischer story is made into a movie, so I'd like to see that. Oh, I haven't even heard of that one. 
it, Toby Maguire plays Bobby Fischer and uh, it talks about the like the battle with with Spassky during the seventies at the World Chess thing. So Toby Maguire. Yep. Where the hell's he been? <laughs> He's been hanging out with Leonardo DiCaprio, I guess, insulting waiters. Counting that Spider-Man money. Oh, it, were they both insulting waiters? This is a, a news story I didn't hear about. Oh, I, I no, I have no idea. I just oh. know that when they were younger, they were, were like very obnoxious people together. So I just imagine they've grown up, and instead of being obnoxious to to women at bars, they're now just going out to eat and insulting the waiters. Oh yeah, I would imagine. Yeah, I oh yeah, I heard that stuff too. Uh, uh, there's lo- lots of stuff I don't want to see, like Pan. Yeah, that's supposed to be awful. Everest. I mean, it looks awful. Yeah, the, black, no, black Black Mass. What is Black Mass? That's the Johnny Depp like playing oh, white yeah. culture. No. Nope. Oh, but stuff. Something I'm really looking forward to is the second season of Fargo. Oh yeah, that's coming up soon. Yeah, I think it's coming up Monday, and it has Patrick Wilson who. I really like, and he's usually in terrible things, so it's nice to see him in something good. Like recently, he, he was in what was? Uh, he was in a, a movie we just talked about recently. Showgirls? Oh, no, no, the one with. Oh, he was in the the Pat Oswalt uh, movie. Uh, uh, oh yeah, was, young adult. Young adult. He was the boyfriend. Oh. Oh yeah. Ex boyfriend, and I like him, and but he's. I mean, uh, he was he was good in that movie, and. I mean, <laughs> kind of a thankless role. Yeah, he was fine. He didn't have much to do, really. Right. Yeah. But so he's one of the main characters in this Fargo, and I liked the last Fargo because it it brought out stuff in actors you wouldn't expect. Like Colin Hanks was terrific in the first season of Fargo. So. Yeah. Uh, no, I'm I'm definitely looking forward to Fargo. Speaking of Spider-Man, I I'm pretty sure I saw an ad, and uh, Mary Jane is is in the second season of Fargo, whatever her name is. Wait. Mary Jane. From the Tobey Maguire. Oh, wait. Uh, Kirsten Dunst? I thought it was her in a commercial, but I might, I might be wrong. Oh, that's weird. I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know either. I don't know anything about it. Yeah, it was her. Oh, and Nick Offerman's in it. Forgot about that. Too. Nick. Who was just in an episode of The Muppets. Oh, which I have recorded, but I haven't seen. Um, oh, that'll be good. Yeah, I forgot that uh, Glenn Howerton was in that first season of Fargo too. Oh, me too. <laughs> I guess it's always sunny should be coming back soon. What's that? It's always sunny should be coming back soon. This is the time of year they sh- the, Oh yeah, the- I have I am totally not caught up on that show, man. I think I'm a couple seasons behind cuz they stopped like showing it on a lot of streaming stuff, but and then I, I like fell out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I just lost it. So um all right. I think we've killed enough time. You want to uh take a quick break? Sure. All right. We'll be right back with 1989. We had a comrade, a brave comrade. He could talk for whole days. But then he tried to be a hero. Tried talking about Shamiro to computers wearing earphones. He almost died for conversation, hallucinations, good vibrations. Van Dyke Park's Greyhound Racing, steeplechasing, the Reformation. Transubstantiation, Brian Stoker's creation, the land of the Thracians. And right back to the start, it's gonna take some. 
And we're back with Taylor Swift slash Ryan Adams 1989. And I can't tell if we're going to disagree or not. So I'm really interested in this because I think my opinion might be the opposite of yours or it might be the same. I, Ooh, that's interesting. I, I hope we're in agreement. I'm just, all right, I'll just come out and say what I think. Um, Wait, right. Don, let me say mine first because you actually know what you're talking about more than I do. Okay. So, so I listened to both albums, but I listened to the when I listen to the Ryan Adams album by itself, I think, okay, that's a fine album. But when I listen to it and I compare it to Taylor Swift, I'm like, everything good about the Ryan Adams album is taken from Taylor Swift. And I think normally I would not say that kind of thing because I don't like Taylor Swift's kind of music as much as ostensibly I would like Ryan Adams. But I don't especially think Ryan Adams is that good. And this is the first time I've really listened to anything by him, but I thought he he didn't add much to what he was taking. So go ahead. What? No, I think we're in complete agreement because I think in a weird way, like Ryan Adams type of music is like more, I don't know, prestigious among like music snobs and, and, you know, people who are into music. But that's, I agree with that, but I, but yeah, she, to me, Taylor Swift obviously like grew up listening to just teeny bopper music, right? That's what she likes. And to me, her album is more honest in a way than his is. Like, she, as as like calculated as her music sounds, like it just sounds like hits. I, I honestly think like that's the kind of music she liked growing up. You know, she liked kind of just shallow, disposable pop music. And <clears throat> Ryan Adams, I don't even know what the point of his album is really. Exactly. And and at some points, I kind of felt like he was being pretentious. Like, I can take this and do it better. Let me add a cello or violin, whatever. Yeah. It just, it, it didn't add anything to it. And it, yeah, I didn't, I didn't, it's weird because when I listen to it by itself, I think it's just like, I wouldn't love it, but it's middling, middling indie pop. But when I, especially when I listen to it directly compared to her stuff, it's just like, this is, it's, I'm not going to say it's shit, but it's not nearly as, as good as it seems like he feels it is. No, so. I didn't. I found his album boring all the way through, to be honest. Like, it's kind of like Bargain Basement Springsteen. And then it's just so, it's got this air of like seriousness to it. Like he thought, I, I don't know what he thought. He, he he thought, look, this is what you can do with um, <clears throat> dumb pop music and you can make it actually, uh, you know, serious music out of it or whatever. I don't know. I, I mean, really, it just seems like a gimmick and... And kind of a cynical gimmick in a way. Like, I don't know if he's making fun of her or if he think he really likes her, but it doesn't really matter. I mean, he's trying to trade off her is what he's exactly. doing. Exactly. What I thought when I read about it, I was really kind of enthused about it. I was like, I don't like Taylor Swift music, but I think it's cool. I don't know that I like it because I didn't. I, I liked it enough after listening to it, but it's not my kind of thing. And I, but I thought it was cool that this guy who's from a different genre is like, I really like this stuff, and I want to. I want to do something and like kind of play along with it. So I thought it was going to be like, it didn't feel like listening to his album that he liked her stuff. No, I, like yeah. He was making it better. And there's a lot of joy in the Taylor Swift stuff, even when it's like joy of just like being angry at, at former lovers or whatever, but there's joy in it that is entirely missing from the Ryan Adams album. So I've, I was a little bit surprised by how much I disliked his stuff. Yeah, no, I totally agree with you. There, there is joy in her music. And like like you said, it's not my kind of music. Like, I'm not going to... Neither one of these are going to go on my my iPod playlist. But if one was, it would be Taylor Swift, which is surprising to me. 
but and I feel like other artists that are uh, contemporaries of not contemporaries, but you would think along with Reinhardt, like Bell and Sebastian or uh, Yola Tango or someone along those lines. If they were to do a cover of a Taylor Swift album, or you know whoever a pop album that's that's super popular, they would be able to put their own ideas in, but keep the joy and not feel like they're trying to one up it. Right. You know what I mean? And that and and he really didn't. And I'm kind of surprised. So after I listened to it and after I formed my opinion, I was I did a couple searches just to see what other people thought. And I'm really surprised by how much praise it got, but I'm not surprised by how much, like, there there was a little bit of a, uh, like a, a response to that praise. It's just like, well, you're, like, somebody was pretty upset that the New Yorker did a review of his album, but never did a review of the Taylor Swift album. And I can't say I disagree with that. Why bother reviewing him if you're not going to review her? No, I totally, yeah, no, I totally agree with that. It's, yeah, it's really weird. I, it really just does sound like he he was like, "All right, let me show you what a serious musician can do with with uh, you know cheap teeny bopper music." But and that's the the thing. Even te- uh, the cheap teeny bopper music has this awesome stuff in it, so it's not a big deal that a so called serious musician could make something good with it. But he really didn't improve on it. And I think, like I, I've talked about, we talked about in that covers episode we did where. Uh, I forget what Travis does a cover of hit me baby one more time. And I think it's wonderful what they did with that. It's, 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 and maybe it's not an improvement, but it's, it's, it's keeping the joy from it in their version. And he really just removed all the joy. Yeah. It's, he, he really did. And it's, it's weird. I mean, to me, his album reminds me more in a way of like, I don't know, nerdy white guys doing gangster rap covers on acoustic guitar, you know, like it's, to me, it doesn't feel like he has any respect, actually, for her music. At least that's not what I get out of his album. Mm-hmm. Um, and and then, so why do it? I, I don't know. It seems... That's that's the the big question I had after I listened to it. Why? Yeah, after listening to it, I, I feel like it's kind of a mean-spirited, cynical project. So, and um, But the, at the same time, Taylor Swift, was, she was big into it. So maybe it wasn't as mean-spirited as we think. Because she was excited about that it happened. Yeah, well, I mean... But, well, whatever. I mean, she's making money off of it, so I guess she would be. <laughs> but her, yeah, her album, again, <clears throat> I, it's not something that is really uh, my aesthetic. But for what she does, it's fine. Like, it is, it is exactly what you think it's going to be, and it's, you know, it's fine for that. There's some songs I, I actually like, but yeah, it's still not my aesthetic. I, I find a lot of the, like, the songs are definitely catchy. I find a lot of them more catchy annoying than, like, mm-hmm. catchy fun. Like, I don't know, a classic example would be, like, the song Mickey by Tony Basil, which I find really, it's obviously catchy, but I find it annoying more than, and, and I find that with some of her songs. And some of her songs are just catchy and they're fine but um she does she does definitely do some i don't know kind of affected delivery of her singing and stuff that i'm like like in the well in the first song we're going to talk about blank space which i told you uh, was like the most annoying song to me it's actually not that annoying um i i think the thing about it is just the thing that annoyed me initially on listening to it was her her vocal style like she does that really staccato delivery in the mm-hmm. in the verses and uh 
and she says, like in the chorus, what ex <clears throat> ex lovers will tell you I'm insane, but she kind of says, "Tell you oh, I'm insane, I'm." I don't, <laughs> it's, yeah, it's. So I, I don't know that kind of stuff, but you expect that in pop anyway. I did like the line, uh, "I can read you like a magazine," because I didn't know if it was self-aware or not, but I was like, "Yeah, that's what." That's what a shallow person would say instead of "I can read you like a book." <laughs> I I think it's probably self-aware. I think so too. I th- she seems smart enough to poke fun at herself. So yeah, yeah. Um, so I did like that, but uh, well, we'll play it. Do you have any thoughts on blank space? No, I I think blank space is just somewhere in her version. There's an like there's like there's part of the lyrics where it's like I'll I'll write you in. And then they have like a pen click sound, which I thought was really funny. Yeah, and then he just makes it. Well, you know what? We're gonna play them both together here. So, um, yeah, he... so you can see how he sucks. Yeah, <laughs> he I can't say he sucks. I did. I didn't know him before. Now I know him, so I, I probably won't seek him out. But I I didn't love it. I oh, I really didn't. Um, like I said, to me, it it just sounds like Springsteen kind of ripoff, but not as good. And I'm not even that big well, a fan of Springsteen. But what was his like? He was huge in the late '90s, and I never listened to him. I just always heard his name and just automatically made the Brian Adams joke, which apparently really pissed him off at the time. But yeah, in concert he would get pissed off. I guess. Yeah, I I don't know, man. I don't know him. I mean, again, yeah, I, just like her music, his his type of music is not really my thing. Like the kind of Americana stuff. Well, late late twentieth century version of Americana um, mixed with rock is not really. I don't know. It's like bar band music. It's not something I'm into. But on this song, he does what I call his weenie voice, <laughs> which kind of sounds like Neil Young. Like he he goes all like I don't know, quavery and shit. I don't know. It's just her version's much better. Uh, much. Yeah. So let's. Here's blank space from. Both Taylor Swift and Ryan Adams. Here you go. I can read you like a magazine Ain't it funny 
lose fire And I know you heard about me So hey, let's be friends Time to see how this one ends Wrap your passport in my head So it's gonna be forever Or it's gonna go down in flames You can tell me when it's over If the high was worth the pain Got a long list of ex-lovers Who'll tell you I'm insane All right. Um, yeah, I, I guess I'm I'm not as averse to his style of music as you are. Like, uh, I can't think of anybody else who's like that. I just there's other people I like better. Yeah, John Mellencamp. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, I mean, yeah. modern people. Oh yeah, yeah. No, there's definitely people who are better at this than he is. Um, I would say Marshall Crenshaw kind of does this kind of music nowadays, and he's better. Um, yeah, the the one that really annoyed me, I know it didn't annoy you nearly as much, was Out of the Woods. Um, <clears throat> again, for the the chorus just really annoyed me for some reason. But we're, we're not going to do that one. And uh, needless to say, his version's worse. But uh, next, we're going to do your pick. Which one? I forget which comes Shake first. it off. Yeah, it's a fun song. It reminds me of the what's that old song? The Shake It Like a Polaroid. Oh yeah, uh, Hey. Uh, and then you ha- and you have a good uh, you have a good tautology in there. Haters gonna hate, players yeah. gonna play, fakers gonna fake, whatever she says. And so her version is is like this, this like fuck you all, and it, it comes across in the song. It's kind of a fun dance song, but it's also like you know. You can't tell me what to do, but his version is not, there's no emotion in it. It's just, his yeah. version sucks. Her version <laughs> has like some kind of cool, I think they're fake horns, probably like synthesized horns and stuff. Um, and his version is just, I don't know, ponderous. And you know how she does the player's going to play, 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 play. He only does like player's going to play. So it's not <laughs> like he even takes the fun out of that. Yeah. If you consider that fun, you know, but like it, it's, yeah. No, I agree. It's um with her it's kind of like a And her song is 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 also all over the place with like it has her singing and it has her like kind of not rapping but sort of rapping Yeah, it's white girl talking. Yeah. Yeah. Um but they had and the Taylor Swift album is has something weird where it, I guess it's is it her singing and it's layered do you know what I'm talking oh, yeah, about? It's where it's multi-track her voice, yeah. That's it's like why don't they just have someone else? <laughs> I'm, well, which they, I'm sure they have to live, but yeah, I mean, yeah. lots of artists do that. <clears throat> um, yeah. Oh, I thought I, maybe not to this degree, but Americana singer I like a lot more than than uh, than Ryan Adams. Josh Ritter is really good. And John Ritter's son. Yep. Illegitimate. Yeah. Yeah. But he took the last name to try to get into showbiz. Mm-hmm, and it worked. Starred Nashville. Um, yeah. No. I know. The more I think about it, the more I'm like, I if a Taylor song, Taylor Swift song came on, I wouldn't turn it off. If one of the Ryan Adams versions of her songs came on, I would turn it off. See, I'm, I, if a Taylor Swift song came on, I wouldn't turn it off. If Ryan Adams song came on, I probably just wouldn't notice there's music playing yeah yeah that that that's maybe even more damning damning <laughs> yeah 
um, and true. Well, let's yeah, let's listen to uh, "Shake It Off" both versions. Here you go. I know. I think we kind of said all we needed to say about the differences between these two uh, in the intro, but it should be repeated. I I guess if you're a fan of Ryan, Ad- even if you're a fan of Ryan Adams, I don't know why you would like the, his album. No, it's like who I I think maybe fans of Taylor Swift might like it. Yeah, but why would they when they can hear the real thing and it's they, better? Yeah, just to hear yeah, just to hear interpretations. I mean, all he. Basically, all he does is uh, arrangements on her songs, and right. he does them all wrong <laughs> for for the songs. I don't know. I don't even like. I don't know what to compare it to. You know, um, it would be like. Let me try to think of an artist. Well, I saw once there was like this, um, like black metal tribute to Queen, an album, um, where I was like, yeah, that. Although that would probably be better than this Ryan Adams. But, you know, it's just like that doesn't it doesn't work. Well, uh, the Cardigans used to do all those Black Sabbath songs and they were pretty awesome. Yeah, no, that's I'm, no, I'm trying to think of one that doesn't work, though. OK, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> um, 
I know. Oh, it's... you know what doesn't work is those those Beatles covers from the from the seventies or sixties by the like the Up with People band. Oh yeah, that Stars on Forty Five. Yeah, that was from the seventies. Yeah, is that what you're thinking of? I guess no. I just know I've heard it and it's terrible. Oh, Up with People actually. Yeah, that might be a thing that I've never heard. Thankfully. Um, but what you're talking about, I, I mean. But you know what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, no, I know what you're talking about. But yeah. Take everything good out of it and just turn into Mush. or just Muzak in general. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's Muzak is a good comparison. Um or Pat Boone, you know. Mhm. Whitewashing. Yeah, well, Pat, Pat Boone's a good example because it's kind of like uh Ryan Abs is taking something a woman a woman did and he's a great he's a great male rock star so now it's acceptable. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's kind of sad. Um, Bad Blood is the last song we're doing. Which I think Bad Blood might be my favorite song on the television. I was going to say, it's like it's kind of got this sparse arrangement. It's like mm-hmm. minimal, almost like techno-y. Like there's not a lot going on. There's the um, the drums and then like that kind of keyboard groove thing that comes in. and out. Yeah, it's actually like a minimalist uh, electronic song almost. Yeah, for for this kind of for music, this kind of music, minimalist. Yeah, yeah, and it's yeah, I, I like it a lot. But the Ryan Adams version, <laughs> again, I, I only uh, listened to twice. Like I listened to it, you know, the whole album, and then I I went back and listened to some of the album as much as I could, and then you know I I, I did these songs in in particular to give a listen to, and like I couldn't even make it through the second time that this version his version of the song i think i i would not have a problem having bad blood on my like my ipod yeah no i i could see that too yeah no i agree um yeah surprising i don't think we are taylor swift fans but we're definitely not taylor swift haters no well yeah yeah, so we're not players or haters so we're not a part of it yeah she doesn't need to shake us off (laughs) um but yeah, here here's a really good example of where you can see um, what kind of boring shit he does with a good song. Uh, here is Bad Blood. Bad Blood, you know it used to be Mad Love, so take a look what you've done, cause baby now we got Bad Blood, hey, now we got
Yeah, I mean, in a way, this, I'm like you, I didn't, I never really listened to Ryan Adams either, but this album makes me not want to listen to him even more, like his older stuff. He was big at one time, like he was huge, like as far as indie rock goes. Yeah, yeah. And I just, I just somehow missed that, and I'm kind of glad I did. I don't, I know, to me it's not even, he, this album at least doesn't even sound like indie rock, it just sounds like rock. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. Well, no, I think it's it has because it has more than just the rocket, the I mean, more than just guitar and drum. It has, it has like the violins, like it has more going for it than just rock does. I think. I suppose um, a more interesting arrangement than than a, a simple rock song, but still, that does not necessarily make it good. It actually, for me, made this album pretentious. Yeah, but if you listen to Bruce Springsteen, say I wouldn't call him indie rock. He's more rock, That's but true. he has yeah. interesting arrangements. You know. That's a good point. Um, yeah, it's. I don't know. I was a. I was a little surprised actually um, going into this. I was a lot surprised because I was really interested in, in listening to the Ryan Adams because I thought I'd. I think it was awesome. Yeah, <laughs> I, why. I just I thought he would do something so awesome. interesting with it. Yes. Yeah. But I still I want more people to do this because I I like because I, I I think. Stuff like the Taylor Swift album and, and like we listen to that One Direction album. It's there's there's stuff in there I really like, but I don't like all the overproduction. So I I think it's interesting that they do different arrangements of it where it sounds like you're you're getting the good stuff from from the pop that I might not I'm in a different context. So I like it a little bit more. But in this maybe that doesn't doesn't work because maybe the context is in is, is perfect for it. But I and I also like that it 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 brings snooty people to listen to music they, they should listen to. Yeah. I think, I think it's, it's worthwhile for everyone to listen to this Taylor Swift album. I, I think snooty people like me who just scoff at it shouldn't because it's good. I agree. Yeah. There's definitely craft there. And you know what? I would really like to hear a t- Taylor Swift version of Ryan Adams version of her album. <laughs> because I think that would be better than the Ryan Adams version. Yes. So you mean her singing with like the like with Kush- different arrangements? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, that and that would be a lot better. Yeah, and that you know more stripped down production and stuff. Yeah. So, do you think she has a good voice? I'm I'm not really good at judging that kind of thing. Like, do you, do you think her voice would be good where if it wasn't overproduced? It's really hard to tell. I don't think she has a great voice for sure. Like, she's no, you know. She's no Aretha Franklin or Sam Cooke or anything, but you know, for pop music, it's it's serviceable. It does what it should. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I'm a fan now. Are you? You're a Swifty, a Swifthead, a Swift boater. <laughs> yes. John Kerry, eighty-six. <laughs> um, John Kerry, eighty-nine. You should say. That's the title of the album. Well, that's what I call it. I don't put the 19 in front of it. You know, like, cl- you never do that. Class of 1989. So, 89, that was the year she... Is that the year she was born? Do we I know? don't know. I assume it is. Um, it doesn't matter. Yeah. I, I, I would be surprised. I thought she... I would think she was younger than that. 
I know, I would too, actually. Well, let's go back to Taylor Swift and find out when she oh, was born. You're right. Oh, she was born in 89. Yep. So, makes sense. Yeah, um, I probably wouldn't... I'm not super interested in like going back and listening to her like country pop stuff because that that's a genre that I really don't. Oh, that's her origin. I didn't mess with. That. Yeah, yeah. Um, but this pop stuff is is not bad for what it is. And she writes her own songs. She writes her true? own songs. Yeah. Well, I I like that. Yeah. So she she's definitely getting paid off this Ryan Adams thing. Um, just nobody's buying it because it sucks. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think it sucks, but I do. I, not... I think it sucks actually. Yeah. I, I think standing alone. I, I, I just think it's boring. I think compared to the original, it sucks. Yeah. Yeah. Well, boring's not great either. No, I'm not. <laughs> there's, <laughs> there's no way I'm saying it's great. Yeah. Yeah. I, but I, like I said, I would love to see Bell and Sebastian do a cover of, of anybody that's in the, like the, billboard top five i would love to hear that yeah me too or the divine comedy or yeah there's tons of people who could do it well yes they they would do their own version but still have respect for the original and that's what i was expecting from ryan adams but i didn't know his history he's kind of a kind of a grim guy looking at like all the stuff that he's done like he like he 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 would stop he stopped a show when a guy asked him to play a brian adams song and insisted he leave he gave him 30 bucks and he wouldn't keep playing until the guy left yeah so that's dickish behavior yes and and somehow he got into a feud with janice ian what Janice Ian does not like seem like the kind of person who would be easy to get in a feud with yeah i was gonna say so he was he was doing a show with Janice Ian and Neil Finn, and he was texting during the show, and he just wasn't paying attention. Afterwards, they were had an online feud. Wow, yeah. So he's probably kind of a dick. He who he seems and, to me like somebody who who believes he's a genius and he's not appreciated. I, that's just the sense I get from this album. So, but I and I don't want to. It's like sometimes I, when I was thinking about it, I was like, did he just do this because she's so popular and he wanted to kind of like ride her coattails? Yeah, I it's I don't think you can discount that theory. Like, yeah, I don't know. It got him a lot of press. I know that. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's kind of sad. It is sad because it 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 shouldn't be that this guy singing her songs gives it a patina of respect. It's her, her music should have respect on its own because it's so popular and it's actually well-crafted for what it is. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I mean, just, just the fact that he bleeds every ounce of fun out of her music is, yeah, I I don't know. I don't know who, who this appeals to. I don't know if, uh, if you're listening and it appeals to you, write to us and tell us why. And we'll write back and tell you why you're stupid. Well, John, well, I'll, I'll thank you for writing us. I'll thank you for writing before I tell you, before I launch into how stupid you are. All right. Yeah, so I guess Taylor Swift wins. <laughs> yeah, well, Go Between's wins. Go Between's wins overall. Uh, let's go back. That's a much better album than even Taylor Swift's album. But in the fight between Ryan Adams and Taylor Swift, Taylor Swift wins by a knockout in the first second of the first round. Maybe we can become part of her um, posse. Girl Squad. Girl Squad. 
I'm, dude, I'll do it. I've told that story where I, that I heard about her, and I, I think she's awesome just as her personality. So I'll be on the girl squad. Yeah, me too. Oh, man, we're liking Taylor Swift the more we talk about her. <laughs> this album, anyway. Yeah, I was going to say until you hear the country pop and just lose all respect. Yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't think she's a great singer to answer your question, but you know, it's pop music. You don't have to be a great singer. Um, all right. Well, you want to move on to recommendations? Asian, 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 Asian. Sure, but you go first because I don't have one right Damn. now. I oh, I do have one. You know what? Because uh, <laughs> what I mentioned doing the go-betweens, uh, this is what I wanted to do against, but you jumped in with the Ryan Adams thing, so I didn't have a chance to say it. But uh, Robert Forster of the Go-Betweens has a new album out called Songs to Play, which is really, really good. Oh, um, that's fun. Yeah, I like it a lot. So, uh, you know, it's it's what you would expect, I think. But... But a lot more catchy than I thought he would be like this late in his career. Um, so Songs to Play by Robert Forster. Just out a couple weeks couple weeks ago. Uh, so check that out. That's my recommendation. Asian. Asian. I, I have a recommendation that is not really like... It's pretty popular, so it doesn't need to be recommended. But it, the fact that it's popular might make people think it's bad, but it is actually really well done. There's uh, Star Wars uh, left Dark Horse Comics and went to Marvel, and they they released like two or three uh, series, and they're really good. There's two in particular that are kind of the ongoing series that reference each other: Star Wars and Star Wars Darth Vader. And their the art is great, and the stories are well written. And what's great about them is that the the two stories are running concurrently, and they reference each other in ways that you don't have to read both to understand the references. But if you do read both, both stories are enriched. Oh, that's cool. That's very unlike the comics of the '80s. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, you'll see a scene where I don't know Darth Vader's talking to someone, and then you'll see the same scene in the Star Wars book where it's the same exact scene but from a different point of view. And I think that's that's the way things the continuity should work. It should be you can read both or read one, but still get something out of it. And if you read both, you get even more. And it's so far, it's been well written, and I've liked it. And then along with that, they've had other stuff like they've had a Princess Leia miniseries, a Lando Calrissian miniseries, and coming up there's a Chewbacca miniseries, and they've all been pretty fun, well written, and good art. So I think most of the time when you see a a a guy. Uh, a piece of fiction that's based on something else, you're going to assume they're just doing it to make money, which, I mean, they are, but at least this is well-written and, and worth doing. It's not just, okay, the movie com- there's a movie coming out, let's put something out. So, yeah, that's my recommendation. So, um, well, I hope that uh, Chewbacca miniseries is better than the Star Wars holiday special. Um, no guarantees. But are the so these are newer, so they're not on Marvel Unlimited yet? They... They're not. They're the first couple issues are. So yeah, you can read them. Oh, okay. Like, they, they they they're all on issue nine. So probably the first three issues are on Marvel Unlimited. Um. Yeah. Well, that was one. You know, one thing about Marvel Unlimited, which we both use, um, that I talked about before, and it's still kind of a problem because. So I was I was catching up on X Men, you know, from the eighties and I think early nineties. I might have gotten up to. Um. But, you know, they have they have storylines that go across titles. So it's like X-Men that's continued in the new mutants and then it's continued in X factor. 
And while they have New Mutants and X-Factor up there, they don't have them all up there. And this uh. particular storyline, they didn't have the New Mutants and X-Factor issues. So I, th- it's almost like they're forcing you to illegally get these issues. I don't know why <laughs> they would do that. Well, I think that they're they're trying to like bring them out in pieces so there's a little excitement each week. That's the only thing I can think of why they do it like that. But it, but they should if if it's a storyline across issues, they should You're bring right. all those out at once. Yeah. And I think they have made an effort to do that because if you go to some of them, but obviously you've hit where somewhere they didn't. But like you'll there's a section on Marvel Unlimited where they have like it's it's series as you can look for for uh, not series like storylines. Oh, so they will have storylines yeah. packed together, but. The one you're reading, they didn't too, and that sucks. No, and and the weird thing is that for the New Mutants and X Factor issues, it's just those issues that are part of that storyline that they omitted. Like then the following issue after that storyline ends, they have. So it's yeah, it's that's really weird. weird. Yeah. Anyway, that's that. Um, all right. Write to us at popculturecontinuum at gmail dot com. If you like, uh, like us on Facebook. Yeah. Uh, what was the, oh, rate us highly on iTunes. Yeah, rate us on iTunes. Uh, and most of all, tell your friends to listen in. Yep. What are they doing? Bunch of idiots. Nothing good. All right. Um, well, I guess that does it for this episode. Uh, not quite sure what we're doing next, but we'll figure it out. So until next time, goodbye, everybody. Goodbye.